This is episode 381, Getting Past the Sadness of Rejection with Lisa. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the last coaching episode of 2022. Oh my goodness, I can hardly believe it. Where has this year gone? This year will be a special year for me always because it's the year I became a mother. Lena was born in March, so most of 2022 was dedicated to motherhood. I cannot believe she's already nine months old. It's crazy. So I'm really reflecting on this year and what I want to step into in 2023, as I'm sure a lot of you are. Every year I release a podcast that will help you release the previous year and call in the new year. So this coming weekend, I will release the releasing episode of how you really reflect and release on 2022. What lessons did you learn? What do you want to bring forward? I guide you through a whole process. And then the following week, the first week in January, I'll release an episode on calling in 2023. So heads up for that and lots of great guests coming at you in 2023. Some people I'm going to bring back, some new people I'm excited to introduce. And of course, as always, these amazing coaching episodes. And if you want to get coached on the show, the way that you do that is go to christinehassler.com slash waitlist, and that will put you on the waitlist to get coached on the show. All right. Today's episode has to do with rejection. Raise your hand if you ever have dealt with the fear of rejection, the pain of rejection. I'm raising both hands. <laughs> it's definitely one of my core wounds. And it's so multi-layered. I think you'll really enjoy this episode with Lisa because we connect some powerful dots that might help you connect dots in your life. So as you're listening to the show, consider, do you notice that you almost overreact when you feel like you're rejected? Like your experience often doesn't match the reality of what's going on. When you feel left out, when you feel not chosen, does it just bring up terrible sadness for you? Do you constantly need reassurance that you are chosen, that you are loved and liked? And finally, did your parents go through a divorce when you were a child? And do you think that that's still impacting you today and possibly impacting your fear of rejection? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to this episode with Lisa. Lisa, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. So first, I quickly want to say thank you so much just for the work you do. I so appreciate how you coach people with mm. so much love and just thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. So I think I tend to get triggered in in situations where I feel like it's me projecting stuff, I guess, where I um, easily feel, um, I guess, rejected or jealous mm -hmm. maybe or as if I, I wasn't that important and I know from a rational point of view it's it's not true but yeah in the situation the emotion is there and I seem to not really be able to shift it so I would love to have some guidance around that and mm -hmm. uh, um, I also would like to know why because I feel like it's yeah yeah not yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that 
I don't speak German fluently. So forgive me because, you know, words, I'm not going to be able to speak in, in your native language. <laughs> when you said, you know, the emotion is there. So jealousy really isn't an emotion. It's more thoughts. So what is the, yeah. the feeling that you experience? Do you feel mm. like, is it anxiety? Is it sadness? Is it anger? It's more sadness, I guess. Sadness. Okay. And I'm sure you've thought about this and you listen to the show. What do you think this is activating or triggering in you? Because most things that we experience in our adult life and in present day have a route back to past. It's triggering something. We time travel in that moment. And that's, you said a key thing. You said, rationally, I know it's not true. So if rationally we can look at something and go, okay, my reaction to this isn't in alignment with what's actually happening, then we know 100% without a doubt that it's a trigger to something on the subconscious level, something that's stored in our memory bank, something from the past. So do you have any sense of what this is triggering for you? I guess it reminds me of relationships I had prior to this relationship where I felt this way constantly, but... I'm not sure if that's the root or if it's also more time ago, I guess, from childhood stuff mm. also. Mm -hmm. When you mm. were raised, were you raised with a lot of self-worth and a lot of autonomy and a lot of feeling like, because it's a balance for a child to to feel like their parents have them, but to also feel like they're okay on their own. Do you remember feeling like you were okay on your own as well? Like feeling safe on your own, feeling, um, or did you really kind of need your parents a lot? So when when I was six years old, my parents divorced mm. and uh, this whole thing where, where you don't want to live uh, started. Mm. And then I had to tell my dad that I was going to live more with my mom. And so I had to tell him and he was quite, I guess, hurt by it. Mm-hmm. What was his reaction to you? Can you remember anything specifically? What he said or how it made you feel? He said it, it wasn't fair. He's, he screamed, but he was also sad. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And I, I, I guess I felt very guilty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is, it was my fault. Or... Yeah. Yeah. That's very confusing for a six-year-old and it's going to feel like it's your fault for sure. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. And can you feel how, how present the emotion is right now, even though it was decades ago? Yes. Yeah. So what, what's coming up for you right now? Can you put words to it? Just... I guess a lot of sadness and maybe also empathy with myself. Mm -hmm. um, what do you want to say to that six-year-old girl? I would say it's um, it's not your fault. Your parents love you. Mm -hmm. um, they should have um, dealt with it without you or without um, keeping you in this, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And your dad's feelings are not your responsibility either. Yes. Yeah. So Lisa, my, my hunch of what's going on here is you have a wound around belonging. 
when parents get divorced, it as just as a child, especially a six-year-old, when we're in the stage of development where we're really clear about who our family is and where we belong, when there's a rupture in that, it really really rattles our sense of belonging. It's like, what is my family? Where do I belong? Who do I tether to? You know, do I have to choose between? Is this making sense what I'm saying so far? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But the choosing part, I guess, this this feeling um is maybe is he he angry about it or does he love me as as much now? Or so I, I remember just um not meeting friends because I, I didn't want my dad to feel like, like um I would do um I would not be with him in this mm-hmm. time. So he has a lot of responsibility, I guess. Yeah, yeah, over-responsibility. So there's two things. Can you see how you have such a sensitivity to someone being rejected? Your father? Oh, oh yes. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And you have a wound around belonging. So this ties into what you're experiencing today because often we will take on the the wound or the suffering of the parent we feel sorry for or the parent we want to love in some way. And so it's like, we'll take on their sensitivity. And then the other thing that, which I think is contributing even more is because you have this, 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 this wound and trauma around belonging and we can see it's still active because the emotion that comes up, whenever you feel rejected, whenever you feel like your sense of belonging is rattled, you become six years old again and you panic and it feels awful. Yes. That's so, yeah, that's so true. Can you see how you, how you're feeling right now when we're talking about these memories around your parents' divorce is similar to how you feel with these friend and boyfriend situations, the sadness piece. Mm -hmm. And I, and I also didn't think about it that way that I kind of just, I do the same thing my my dad does mm-hmm. or, or did, so being sensitive myself about it. Yeah. So because he also could have said, "No, it's okay. Do right. whatever you want. I, I right. love you, dis- despite or even though you are more here or more there." And so I kind of maybe do the same thing. Yeah. 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 And you learned, like we learn things, you know, you learn if someone doesn't choose you, even though like, you know, it wasn't you, it was the parents' divorce. It was a settlement, all that kind of stuff. You learned at a young age, oh, if someone isn't with you, you get sad. If someone isn't with you, you, you feel like they don't love you. So he, he modeled how to deal with this and it wasn't a very healthy model. And I'm not blaming your dad at all. I, I, I empathize with him. But can you see how you learn to behave in situations like this from him? Yes, totally. It makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 So the best way to work through this is, of course, inner child work, which is always key. But a more practical way in the moment is to know it so helps to know, like, for example, let's say you all of a sudden got a massive headache and you never got headaches before and it was like so painful. Would you be, would you kind of be panicked about it? 
Uh, or a little scared or a little nervous. Yeah. But if yeah. you knew, like if you knew, for example, on a certain day of your cycle, you have a hormonal drop and you get a headache, then you'd be like, oh, I have a headache because of this. I'm not so worried about uh, it. So see the difference? Like one is like, whoa, what is this? Like, I don't know what's going on. Why am I feeling this way? And the other one is, oh, I know exactly why I'm feeling this way. Don't love having a headache, but I know what it is. I don't need to like get scared about it or go into too many feelings about it. So the the analogy I'm trying to make here is when you feel that jealousy trigger that leads to sadness, you can go, oh, wait a second, I'm six years old. That's what's happening right now. I'm having this feeling not because of what's happening in present day reality, but because it's triggering my six-year-old. So what does she need? She needs to be told she's safe. She needs to be told she's loved. She needs to be told that she does belong. That's the biggest thing. She does belong. She is chosen because your father didn't feel chosen. So whenever you don't feel chosen, you go into the same behavior that he modeled for you. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, that bumping up that to that wound of where do I belong? So in in the situations, I kind of have to tell those things myself. Yes. So what could you say to yourself in those triggering situations? Um. Um, so, um, maybe I, ju- I I feel like I in those situations I would just remember that it's just me at at six years old maybe, and just asking myself what what I need. Yeah, yeah. So let's try that. Just close your eyes for a moment, and think of a recent situation yeah. where you felt left out or not chosen the person does love me and it's unconditional it it has nothing to do with the person i guess doing something or uh with the situation um and i i i really belong mm-hmm. there there's nothing that could take that away yeah yeah, and that telling yourself, I have you, you're safe. You know, I got you. Yes. That's an important piece too. Can you see that? Yes. Yeah. 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 And what's present for you now? What are you experiencing now? Um, I feel better. <laughs> I feel relieved and I I guess it's also very powerful to just needing yourself to to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not not dependent on on someone doing or saying something or hoping something turns out good so I yeah. I just have myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's your side of it and I would recommend re-listening to this when it airs. Um, and so you can, you can hear this again. And the other piece of this is any requests you need to make of the people in your life. Because when we realize we're tender around something, first, we have to take hundred percent responsibility and look at what we need to heal and how we need to, um, have self-talk, self-care, self-love, and how, how we can work with the wound inside ourselves. But then we need to ask ourselves, okay, I'm particularly tender around this. So here are some requests I need to make. 
Like for example, I'm particularly tender about loss. Like I have a huge fear of losing someone. So when my husband like goes on a trip or is going to be driving somewhere late or has a long drive and I'm worried about him falling asleep at the wheel or whatever, because I worry and I don't want to have to do that, my request is, hey, please text me when you get there. And it's not as like a nag or anything like that. It's like this, this eases so much, this creates so much calm for me when you just send me a simple text, I'm here or on my, my way home or landed or whatever. Like it just brings so much calm to me. And you know, my inner work is to manage my own nervous system and to regulate and everything. But I have found when I make certain requests, it helps with all that. So when you think about this trigger for you that happens with friends and particularly your partner, are there any requests you can make, particularly of your partner, that will help support you? Uh, yes. So maybe I'm I'm sometimes a bit confused how to distinguish where where there's my my own thing and where I have to to do it with myself or don't expect him to do something. But I I guess I I do that in a way that I tell him. So it's important for me to if we um if we plan to to make something um, when he comes home after he's maybe with his family or so that that he's I guess punctual and that we really that he makes time for us. Okay, great. Um, that's great. That I'm, he knows. Okay, and that's okay. reasonable. So I'd be specific. I'd say it's really important to me after you're gone because I miss you. That you're you're home when you say you're going to be home, and if you're not, please just send me a text so I know that you're going to be late or you're not going to be on time. And can we have an agreement that we'll carve out? time together. And with, with requests like this, you want to be specific. So I would say something like that we have a date night, either the night you get back or the night after Uh or something like that. So it's really super specific because when you Uh, just say be on time and carve out time with me, it it can feel like a, it can, it can push somebody away because it's like, oh, it can feel like a big request. But if it's like, can you please text me uh, if you're going to be behind? And can we have a date night to re- can we make an agreement to have a date night? Not can we. I'd like to make an agreement that we have a date night, um, the night or the night after you get back. Uh, is that something you can agree to? Uh, How's that? How that's that good feel? because, yeah, that's, I guess that's um, really good. And he also, uh, my partner also um, yesterday just, just told me so okay so then if I, if you think I'm too often there or it's not enough time so we can just make an, an appointment or so to to do something so I I should tell him so uh, and then on the other side I think okay but I also want him to sometimes initiate things so I don't want to run after him with oh can we do something there and and then so that he also does this but I can't expect him to do yeah. See, and I would, until like you heal this wound a little deeper, um, I'm going to encourage you to take responsibility for changing it. And I think when you take responsibility for changing it and make requests and create agreements, he probably may sh- show up differently or you can make that request. But I just start with now because when we have a wound around belonging, we're always subconsciously testing people. Do you oh, like yes. me? Will you choose yeah. me? Are you going to do, you know, are you going to be there? Am I enough? Totally. Yeah. Will you stick around? You know, because again, another common thing that children believe 
when parents get divorced is if they love me enough, they would stay together for the family. So there can often be that pattern of, does this person love me? Does this person love me? Let me see. Let me see. Are they going to do this? So there can be a lot of expectation that's coming from, you know, a child. So I just encourage you to handle this, make requests. And then when you have a better grasp on it, then you can have a conversation with him about some things that you'd like and see if he's willing. But Mm -hmm. I think when he feels the shift in you, when you're not feeling the jealousy, when you're not going into this, like, because he's coming home to a little girl, not a woman. (laughs) He's coming home to a little girl. He's like, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? (laughs) And you want him to come home to a woman who's like, I know you love me. I know you miss me. Let's have a date night. See the difference? Do you think a man wants to come home to, I'm a little girl who's sad. Do you love me? I need you. I need you. Or I'm a grown ass woman who missed her partner and I want to have a date night. Hmm. Maybe the other one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'd want to be that. I'd rather be the woman that's taking care of her needs and initiating a date night than the woman who's the little needy girl. I'll take care of the little girl inside of me. Yeah. Yes, totally. Yes. And and I also see how I, what you said, that, that I'm also testing a lot of things and I, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I just want to be chill about it. And I guess maybe if I'm more chill about it, then he, he'd also be maybe more really giving me those things, but not because I, I, I tested. Exactly. It's not the way you yeah. want to do things. Yeah. yeah. Does this help? So much. Thank you. Oh, it's my it's my pleasure. <laughs> Wishing you such a happy holiday. Oh, you too. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa, for bringing forward such an important topic and for sharing your vulnerability. I'm always just so touched by our callers who share so honestly and openly. It's just beautiful. So thank you, everyone who's ever been on the show. So let's talk about this because there are a lot of dots that we connected in this episode. As you heard, Lisa feels rejected when, she, or, or even jealous with her partner or with friends when she feels like she's left out, when she feels like she's not chosen, which is something that is totally understandable. I mean, a lot of us feel that way. One thing that's important to remember is that when our pain or experience, like our trigger, our feeling, doesn't really match the reality of what's going on, it always, 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 always means we're time traveling. And what I mean by that is it means that we always are being reminded of a painful event, usually from our childhood, when our current reaction really doesn't match the circumstances. So rejection is painful, but a lot of times we're we're not rejected. So let's say that a bunch of friends get together for something and for whatever reason, we weren't invited. Like who knows why? There's probably a gazillion good reasons and it could hurt a little bit. But if we totally spiral out, we go into massive low self-worth and we're so sad and we're anxious and we just almost feel sick about it. And it's like, hmm, what is this really triggering? 
And also remember, repetitive things, repetitive triggers, repetitive sets of feelings that we keep looping and come up over and over and over again are coming up over and over and over again because they're pointing us to a healing. They're saying, hello, in this case, Lisa, hello, Lisa, I'm going to keep making you uncomfortable because there's some subconscious stuff down here. There's some stuff that you've swept under the rug. There's some stuff from childhood that you haven't dealt with. And so I'm going to keep popping up so you can deal with it and heal it because how else are we going to know? You know, how else are we going to know? It's like your body lets you know you're sick when you have a fever or you get a runny nose, right? Then you know, oh man, I'm sick. I need to rest. I need to take my vitamin C, whatever. Our repetitive triggers let us know there's an unresolved wound that we need to deal with. And when I asked her, she went back to past relationships because often we look for the obvious connection. Like, okay, I feel rejected in relationship here. Where have I felt that in the past? But it's usually not that direct of a relationship. And usually it, it's our childhood, right? So she went back to past romantic relationships, but as we discovered, it went back all the way till she was six years old when her parents got divorced. So you wouldn't think, oh, my parents getting divorced is triggering me feeling rejected in relationships. But as you heard, that feeling of sadness was the same sadness she felt when her parents got divorced and specifically with what happened around her dad. So her dad almost made her the parent, right? Like felt not chosen, felt really sad. She saw his sadness. She probably felt sad for him. And so two things happened with that. One, she started modeling him. We learn how to deal with things by how our parents dealt with things. So for example, if your parents, every time something bad happened, they're like, ah, I don't, the world is hard and people suck and my life never works out, then we're going to model that. Whenever something hard happens, we're going to go, I'm such a victim. The world sucks. Nothing ever works out for me because that's what we saw. So she saw how her dad dealt with his perception of not feeling chosen, sadness, pity, victim-y kind of energy. And so she's going into that as well. And also sometimes the parent we empathize with or the parent that we felt sad for will also take on their behavior. So that's a big thing that happened. And then the other thing that was happening is her sense of belonging was really threatened because when parents get divorced and we're going back and forth, we're like, where do I belong? I have two homes. I have two families. Where do I belong? And so as usual, (laughs) the healing goes back to inner child work. And I know it seems like I just say that all the time, but if you listen to the show long enough, you see that... (laughs) It just is. So much of personal development is going back and working with the wounds from childhood. And that's why you can always go and take our inner child course, the one that Steph and I teach together. We probably are going to teach it live, maybe in 2023, definitely in 2024. We are going to be launching a live Be the Queen in 2023. We haven't decided about inner child, but you can always get the evergreen version, which is christinehauser.com slash inner child, which is just as effective and you can do it at your own pace. So again, christinehauser.com slash inner child. I recommended that to Lisa too after we stopped recording because I just feel like that's her next step. You know, she needs to parent the, the inner child the way she needed to be parented. And again, it's not about blaming her father or blaming her mother. It's about going, hmm, my needs really weren't met in the way I needed them to be met. How do I meet them now, especially when I'm triggered? Because that's how we heal it. It's like the same trigger comes forward and we get a do-over. Like, oh, this feels like it felt like when my parents got divorced. What did I need then that I didn't get? How do I talk to myself? How do I deal with my feelings? How do I love myself? And the second part 
for Lisa is looking at needs and requests and agreements she needs to make with her partner because we got to take care of our our inner child. But part of parenting ourselves is making clear agreements and requests with partners or friends. And so we use the example of her partner and how she can make some clear requests of him that will help her with her trigger, which is completely reasonable. If we go, if we're in a relationship and we're like, okay, I take 100% responsibility for my 50%, that's awesome. But part of taking responsibility is first, you know, dealing with your triggers so that you can think of what a reasonable request is and then making that request. Because we have to stand up for ourselves. We have to speak our needs. We have to hold our boundaries. So it's always the inner work and the outer work as well. Always. We can't just do our inner work and then still tolerate behavior that isn't so great and go, oh, it's just me. I'm just getting triggered. And I see a lot of you all fall into that little trap. Oh, it's just me. It's just me. I need to do more inner work. I need to do more inner work. Maybe not. Maybe you've done the inner work and you actually need to make some powerful requests now. And part of the inner work is not being scared to ask for your needs, to speak your truth, to speak up, to authentically self-express. So those are your big takeaways for today. Looking at, you know, where your pain around rejection may link to a sense of not belonging, how you can nurture that inner child and give that little one what they didn't get then that they needed then. You can give them now what they didn't get then in terms of the compassion, the reassurance, the right things to say. And then looking at your outer world and go, hmm, how can I help heal my fear of rejection, my pain around rejection and not belonging by making some clear agreements because we teach people how to treat us. We always are teaching people how to treat us. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Don't forget to tune in to the New Year's episodes, how to release and how to receive, how to release 2022 and how to receive 2023. Those are coming at you in Coach's Corner the next two weeks. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.